Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the podcast this week. Person I've got on the podcast today discovered after years as a consultant, recruiter, trainer, coach, and mum, Diana felt stuck, frustrated, disappointed, and quite anxious that she would never find direction or purpose beyond the home again. And it wasn't until her early 40s when she finally realized, in her words, what she wanted to be when she grew up. She realized that that her experience of feeling terribly lost about what she wanted to do was incredibly common. Diana could see so many other women feeling exactly the same way. And she realized that there was an incredible opportunity to help and support these women as they navigated the process of reconnecting with their professional identities. This was when Diana decided to develop a program to support mums wanting to go back to work to get them past the fear and overwhelm and to help them see they have significant worth and value outside of the home as well. Hi, Diana. How are you today? I'm well, Claire. I'm well. How are you? Cool. Fine. Thank you. Look, thanks ever so much for joining me on the podcast today and telling me a little bit about what you do and also here to um, give mums and dads, single mums and dads, tips and hints on how to get back in the workplace if they've been looking after the children for a period of time. Happy to be here. No, cool. Thanks. So, look, what drove you to reconsider your direction as such you know you've been a consultant a recruiter trainer coach all of these things as well as a mum but you didn't really know what you wanted to do and you yeah that's right look throw into the mix that um from the time I met my husband we moved 13 times um Mm. in the first 15 or 16 years of being together and that's from between Melbourne and Sydney a few times and then over to the states between Kansas and Texas and when we finally returned home we returned to Melbourne and I hadn't lived here for more than 20 years and I knew I could go back and do um, recruiting which I'd done before and I did do that straight away as soon as I got back because I thought I needed to get back into the workforce quickly Um, and I just I, I stuck out the contract that I committed to but I really didn't enjoy being back in that role and I just knew that I could not spend the rest of my life doing something that I just didn't enjoy you know I really really didn't enjoy it and I was really lost and I got quite depressed for you know a while and I had lots of friends saying you know you'll find it you'll find it and I just I didn't know what to do and so I did nothing, which is often what happens. We get so Mm. overwhelmed with how do I make this work and it all becomes so insurmountable that we just choose to do nothing. And then someone finally put me in contact with a career coach and that was really the beginning of all the change because it sent me on a bit of a journey of trying to work out, you know, who I was, what was important to me, 
if I was going to go back to work and, you know, I was very lucky and I'm always very grateful for the fact that I didn't have to go back to work for financial reasons. Mm. You know, I could choose to do what I wanted to do. Um, And so I felt this tremendous burden of, well, I better make sure it's the right thing. And she was really helpful. And that set upon um, a bit of a journey of exploring all of my different options. Um, And I would say that it was quite you know, it's quite, quite scary. And it actually took a bit of courage because, you know, when you don't, when you don't know what the outcome is of something, you tend to predict the worst. And so you tend to hold off and do nothing. So I did start to take a few very small tentative steps that got bigger and bigger. And that led me going back to retrain. And that's when I became a coach. Mm. I I went into executive coaching because that had been my background. And then I started to shift more into life coaching with my executive clients. And so then I was doing more life coaching. And then I kept attracting this same woman, this woman who had stayed home to raise her kids and was really happy to do so, but now wanted more. Mm. And she wanted to go back to work and had no idea where to start, how to start, what the first step should be, um, or even if it was possible for her. And so I kept attracting that sort of woman. And after having some really terrific success with these women, I thought, there are so many of us out there that have so much to give, so much to contribute. We've all had a lifetime of experiences to bring to offer to the world. Surely we're not going to spend the rest of our life feeling unfulfilled. There's got to be a path. And that's when I developed the program, the Back to Work Roadmap for Mothers, which is obviously what I do now. Yeah. And look, that's, um, you know, what you say about, you know, um, I suppose the fear of, you um, going back to work especially if you've been off like you know you've had a couple of children two three children or whatever so you've been out of work for that period of time like two three maybe four five years or even longer like yeah exactly 12 years was the the first woman that I worked with yeah blimey yeah exactly and so you know some people um say okay well we won't go back to work until you know the children are like settled in school or whatever and, uh, and like you say, it can be a long period of time. And so then if they've been in executive positions or in you know management positions or whatever, then to go back, they've had 12 years out of the workplace and they feel as though it's 12 years of lost, not lost time, because that's a wrong word for it, but it's 12 years of not being up to speed with the changes that have happened in the workplace as such. So, um, mm. yeah, because it's always great and rewarding to, bring up your children but like and be there for them but yeah no I agree I agree so I was just gonna say being a mother is just unlike anything else of course but it is just a facet of who we are yeah as women you know it's a wonderful component and it's a major component and in the early days it's absolutely our entire identity but then you know as I get a little bit older a little bit more independent we start to think actually there are other parts of me beyond being a mum and I want to explore them and I want to reconnect with my professional identity or I want to find another way of finding fulfillment maybe it's through volunteering or there are other parts of our identity I actually think it's incredibly important that our kids see that we are multifaceted yeah so you know even though a lot of the mums that I talk to in the early days talk about a lot of guilt you know they feel guilty wanting more they feel guilty abandoning their family to return to work but that's really about mindset and look I agree with you I mean my I returned to work when my son was six months um because I had to but um Guilt was one of those factors because I'd wanted to take a year off and look after my son and I couldn't do that. And you then go, oh, 
Am I harming him because I'm not there at the formative years to educate him? And I suppose with single parents, it can be slightly different in the fact that um, we don't we we aren't privileged to actually be able to uh, spend the 12 years off with our children or whatever. Some are, but um, a majority of us uh, have to go back to work early. And like you say, there's all of those facets that you deal with regarding guilt. Am I am I harming my child in certain ways or um, you know, will he develop like the other children or, you know, will he resent me later on in his teenage years? Yeah, will he end up in therapy because it's all my fault? Exactly. (laughs) Don't end up in therapy anyway. Well, exactly. Look, you know, at the end of the day we all do, so it's all good. We all should maybe do it, as my view. I I 100% agree. We should all do it. So what were some of the um, biggest fears um, that you were finding regarding either going back to work or finding the career, uh, a career after children, or even trying to decide apart, you know, you've touched on one, which was guilt. What mm. other ones did you find were, um, mm. sort of coming into the mix? Yeah, for me, uh, a big part of it was real, fear that I would never really find my purpose, that I would never really find my thing because Mm -hmm. I had done lots of different things in the past. And when I initially looked back at it, I couldn't work out what the dots were that joined all those things up. But in fact, you know, there is a fairly clear process that you can go through that I did go through um, that helps you join those dots. Yeah. Helps you see the kind of what we call the arc of your career. You know, there's a reason why you take each of these jobs and it's about identifying what that reason actually is. Okay. And it really comes back to things like um, you start to pull out your values. You start to pull out what's important to you. You know, so maybe you left one job because, uh, like for me, I left one job because I just I could not stand my manager. Like I just had an awful relationship with my manager. And I just, all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> and I just knew from that experience that I could never work for someone like that again. So it gave me a very clear understanding of why. What was it about that guy that I found so difficult to deal with? So what am I not going to do when I'm a manager? Like how am I going to not behave? That's often what happens. Um, But what does it say about me? What's the value in me that is really responding to that situation? So when you go through and you look at all of these different pivotal kind of moments in your life and there are other exercises that you can go through that I went through which pull out things like your values, your self-belief, your life beliefs, um, it helps really create a level of self-awareness that you haven't had to that point. So what was my fear? My fear was that I would never find that fulfilment, but, you know, working with someone will help you find the path to that. It's not like you wake up one day and go, oh, my gosh, that's what my purpose is. It's not like that. No, I have to, yeah, I've got to agree with you. Um, Yeah, and I actually worked didn't like my manager left a role and then decided well it's okay it was probably me and that was fine and um, I needed to work on myself so I worked on myself went into another role still didn't like that type of person that I was working for so it sort of underlined like you know the values and behaviors like you said and also the way not to manage people Mm. and the way not Mm. to get results and maybe the environment that I didn't really want to work in anymore because that wasn't what I wanted to do. So, yeah. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome what you're saying because, um, and now you've got me like sitting here going, Oh, okay. How do you do that? How do you find your 
your passion, your, and I, and I hate using passion because like you can love going fishing, but you're not going to make money out of it potentially. Um, cause it's not like, you know, um, but, uh, how do you do that? How do you mm. get that? Find out, you know, are there, are there certain things that you can do to, find out what you value and oh there are definitely supposed to there be are doing. definitely lots of exercises and activities that you can do that will help you give you a bit of um clarity around who you are and what's important to you a lot of it's thinking a lot of it's introspective work but it's stuff that you know you can do you know with someone so with a coach um to guide you through a bit of a process but what that does is help pull out things like Um, not only your values and your beliefs about yourself and about the world, but identify things that you really enjoy doing, things that you're actually really good at doing, where those two intersect, things that you don't like doing um, and why you don't like doing them, uh, why you like doing the things that you do like. So you're creating a really strong picture so that then your next steps forward become more and more strategic. So, for example, one of the women that I was working with um, and she'd been not working for, um, her situation was slightly different. She'd come out of a consulting business and did not want to go back into it and she'd been out about a year. But she said, you know, I've been thinking um, really hard for the last nine months and I really want to go and create a health bar company. Uh, Her background was health and health and fitness was really important to her and organic food was really important to her. And she was like, I think this is like this combination of all these things that I really want to do. I said, well, that's great. So what have you done? Well, no, nothing, but I've done all sorts of thinking and all sorts of planning and (laughs) that's great. Okay. So your homework. And I set her off and I said, you need to go and speak to at least three different people doing that job right now. Go and find them, go and talk to them. Doesn't matter which part of, you know, perhaps they're in the manufacturing, perhaps they're in the marketing, perhaps they're in their in distribution. Like find lots of different parts of this industry that you think you want to be a part of. Go and ask them lots of questions, come away, rework your questions, get more and more refined, go to the next one and build up a really good understanding what it is that you think you want to do really passionately. If this is where you want to spend the rest of your life. And she came back about six weeks later and said, well, I don't want to do that <laughs> because she'd done the work, like she'd done yeah. really lots of exploration because finding your your purpose in life, it's not a light bulb moment. It's an experience. It's a journey and it's yeah. this constant narrowing of pathways and ideas and thoughts and beliefs to get you to where you wake up in the morning regularly thinking, I love what I do. You know, this is great. This is awesome. But it's a journey. It's yeah. a process. It's not an event. Yeah. No, no. Um, yeah, no, that's good advice, actually. That's really good. Uh, just thinking, I, I, just thinking about myself, actually, I read a book by um, Simon Sinek. Mm. Uh, called um, start with why your, uh, why yeah, or start, start with why. why or whatever it is which is which is really good for me because I then just looked at all of the things and this is sort of maybe one of the reasons I'm doing this so I looked at all of the things that I loved and enjoyed and wasn't actually getting throughout COVID as such when I had my COVID moment and um and yeah and then went well these are all the things that I want to do. And like you say, it just hones you in to maybe the areas that you want to go into. Mm. And I'm having such a fantastic time doing all of these podcasts Mm. and interviewing, you know, all of the people like yourself who are out there helping other people. So, you know, that's awesome. So, okay. So, so finding out your why as such and like looking at all of the things you love and all of your, 
all of the things that you hate and love and what are your positives and maybe reviewing some of the jobs that you've done that you really love and some of the jobs that you really don't like is, is sort of what you're saying. So then, okay, what tips? So we've got to that stage and we go, okay, we want to go down this avenue and this is the job that we want to sort of look at. You're then saying, do your research and just double check that that's the area that people you know, want to go down or that's the job yeah. that you want to do. And then, right, so then what next? What next? Yeah, that, that is the process that it, I really um, work closer with my clients with because it's what I went through and it was advice that I was given and my coach worked me through and then I've rejigged it and reshaped it specifically for, you know, my particular group of women. Um, but once you think you know what you want to do, it's what we call informational interviewing. So when I did my... Um, when I went through the coach, I got to the end and I thought, I really want to go into professional development. Uh, that's something that I'm, I'm really passionate about. I really love being a witness to someone's personal transformation. Like it's just such an incredible mm. privilege to be a part of. But I just didn't know where, you know, and I went out and I got an, an accreditation in strengths profiling so I could work with people's strengths and um, emotional intelligence, which I loved, did a whole accreditation around that. I did a few different accreditations and then I did a coaching accreditation. I thought, oh, this is what I want to do. I think this is really where I want to go. So I then went and interviewed a whole raft of people in different aspects of coaching and different aspects of professional development and using initially a very um, close personal network and then branching out from there. So one thing that um, women, but all people who, when they're looking to get back into the workforce, they just break out into a sweat when they think they've got to sell themselves and they've got a network. It's just, you can just see people instantly go, oh, God, please don't make me sell myself. So what yeah. I tell my clients is you're not yeah. selling yourself. You're actually asking their advice because you're not going into these interviews to say, hey, look, I'm looking for a job. Can you help me? I want to ask you these questions. You don't yeah. go anywhere near that. You say, look, I am trying to work out what I want to go next in my life. And I think that the career that you're in, I have a feeling it's in that direction. I'm not sure. And what I'm trying to do is explore it, research it, work it out. Can I ask your advice? Can I ask your guidance? Can I ask you about your experience? People are always happy to talk about themselves. Always. Well, I was going to say, yeah. And and they feel as though they're helping you. They're not like, yeah. yeah. And they're not, you're not asking anything of them or from them. So they don't feel like, oh, my God, this person's going to ask me for a job. But yes. you've completely absolved them of any responsibility and you're just doing research and asking their advice. And then you just mm -hmm. go from person to person to person to person. And it was through that experience, certainly for me, that I worked out really quickly, oh, well, I don't want to do that. Oh, no, I don't think I want to go down that path either. And I kept going and kept going and kept going until I was able to kind of all the, the stars became aligned and everything fell into place until this is yeah. what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, yeah, because I, I don't know. And uh, you and I have talked, spoke, spoken about this previously, but like a lot of people just go, right, I need a job and I'm just going to go to secret.com or mm -hmm. and somewhere else. Um, I'm going to go and apply, look in the papers or whatever, wherever you look for jobs nowadays. Um, my jobs mostly are on seek, you know, and I'm just going to go there and I'll have a look there without even, or they'll go, oh, I'm going to 
do this qualification because that's what I want to do. That really interests me. But before they actually even know what maybe their job entails, where they want to, you know, whether it's actually going to hold their interest, you know, I mean, it might be great for six months, but then mm. after that, it's boring as hell. And we've been taught. So, so that, to mm. me, researching is such good advice because you don't know if you're going to like that position. And although in your head, you might hold this ideal, it is what you assume it to be like let's face it right Mm. we all assumed when we didn't have kids that it was going to be so different so different from what it is and the reality that it is when you have kids right and it is a roller coaster they push all the buttons you don't have much sleep yeah there's food in your hair and you know I mean there's the whole you you know it's a whole gamut but you know if you think about how you thought about kids before you had them oh my god would you actually have had them I don't know yes I would have had my son but you know you do you do go oh my god I wish somebody would have told me and what you're saying is imagine your ideal job that's great that's awesome but just go and double check that it is your ideal job which is brilliant that's really good advice yeah and making sure that it's also in line with or aligned with your values who you are what's important you know let's make sure that we're not repeating patterns of the past of finding ourselves in employment environments that are really not good for us in terms of you know who we are yeah um that like that making sure that's right is really important and the other side of it is in this process of every single conversation that you have every single conversation that you have doesn't matter who that is supermarket like it does, just doesn't matter standing on the sports ground watching your kids play talking to the guy next to you yeah because th- everyone says well what do you do so it gives yeah. you the opportunity to say, well, you know what? I'm actually trying to decide what I want to do. I'm going back to work. I'm not really sure. What do you do, Frank? Ask Frank lots of questions. And then he'll say, what do you think about doing? Because that'll come around at some point. And then you'll say, well, I'm thinking about going into PR, mm-hmm. but I'm not really sure. Do you know anyone in PR? I'd love to talk to someone about PR, whether or not it's actually a really good gig to be involved with. And you will be amazed at the oh. number of really and that's how it happens. Yeah. 75 to 80% of all jobs that are filled are through personal and professional networks. They yeah. are not through job boards or recruitment consultants. They're not. So no. be that statistic. Be that 80% of people find it through these really casual conversations. And then, which is what I did after having all of these conversations, I went back to them three months later and said, you know, Bill, you and I caught up a few months ago and I've really appreciated our time because it's really helped me work out the direction I want to go in. And you're right, it's probably not where I thought it was going to be, but this is actually what I want to do. Do you know anyone else that I could talk to that does X, Y, Z? Awesome. Again, you're not asking anything from them. They may not, which is okay, yep. but they may do. And they may. as my dad would say, you've got to be in it. You've got to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. So at the end of the exactly day, right. if you don't ask these people, and you've already had that conversation with them, and they could already be a contact that you know from absolutely the kids football or the kids you know uh, basketball or swimming or whatever you know a parent that you know there that you know potentially or well, somebody you meet in the supermarket, like you said, or somebody you meet at the hairdressers, yep. you know, whatever. Yeah, no, that's fair yep. enough. Okay. Mm-mm. So, but you can just, I suppose there's nothing against just going on Google, 
and Googling the role you want to do, finding some companies, giving them a phone and saying, hey, is it possible to just speak to somebody or can I come in? And yep. I mean, a lot of things have been on the phone recently in the last 18 months, but like. Yeah. And Zoom's great yeah. too because they're not travelling. Not- they're not traveling. No. So you can easily say, can I just have a 15 minute Zoom session? Because even though I'm not sure that I want to work, you know, for your company or for that industry, I'm thinking about this and I would just love 15 minutes of your advice and experience. Yeah. And look, and let's just face it, Zoom does free 40, 40 minutes telephone, you know, Zoom mm. meetings. So it's mm. not as though you need to pay any money mm. to get Zoom. You can actually just book a meeting, send okay. it through to them. It looks fairly professional and it's got all the details in the meeting request. And that's it. You're in for, and it's, well, as long as you've got an internet access um, or you've got data on your phone, there you go. You can talk to them. Yeah. And if you've got, um, like if you're on LinkedIn or at least if you have an account on yeah. LinkedIn, it's ideal if you can find some mutual contact, find someone between the two of you and go back to Mary and say, Mary, I can see you know Bill. I'd love to have a chat to Bill. I don't want to ask him for a job. I don't, I'm not here to harass him, but I'd love to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Would you mind if I say that I know you just so that they know that I'm not some complete random, yeah. that there is someone between us. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that helps as well. But, again, you know, when you're making it clear, I'm not going to ask you for a job. I'm not going to harass you. I just would love your advice. People are always. I just want information. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, if you're asking for that referral, you know, if you're asking somebody, oh, can I just say your name? Nine times out of 10, it's fine. And like, you know, most people go, yeah, of course you can. Or, oh, I'll speak to him for you if you want. And like, you know. So, yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So no seek then, no seek whatsoever. No, I, yeah, I strongly advocate for my, um, my clients to really avoid that path altogether. In fact, I, I say to them that your resume should be the last thing that you actually do. Most women think, oh, God, where, where am I going to start? I've got to write my resume. I haven't written a resume for 15 years. What's the yeah. best template? Like what font should I be using? What style should I be using? Do I need to have a photograph or no photograph? Okay, forget yeah. the resume because realistically, if you've been out of the workforce, the algorithm that um, online companies yeah. use, you yeah. will be discarded before they've even seen it. And your confidence levels, trying to go back to work, just get battered more and more and more because you wonder what's wrong with me. Why is I responding? I'm just really good at my job. It just makes you feel worse and worse. And when we know that so few jobs actually come out that way, let's just avoid that whole path of being beaten around the head and actually take control of the situation ourselves and take it head on. No, and I like, yeah, it it is. It is so soul destroying when you apply for job after job after job after job, and um, and you may get a few interviews and you have an interview and it's a fantastic interview, but you just don't get the job and you go and it's and and it may be nothing to do with you. It might be that somebody within the company has applied and they've you know they've got uh-huh. friends within the area and all of those things or you know there's somebody who knows somebody who was talking to somebody like you said who was doing their research who then people were like oh we've you know they're you know they're they're good at this job and they'll bring it on board so yeah no I agree agree so um okay so no seek don't do your resume first off do uh-huh. search to find out where you're going what uh-huh. next 
you've done your research, you know what you want to do, then what? Yeah, well, it's really um, if we reverse the order, okay. start working on yourself first. Yeah. Like work out who you are first. Um, who am I? What's important to me? What am I good at? Where are my strengths? What do I enjoy? Then we start to move on to, okay, this is the direction that I think I want to go in, research, 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 research. Uh, and then we move into conversation, 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 because it is through those conversations, through those relationships, through those contacts that you will end up finding work. So it's just at, at each one of those three main points it's about doing all the work inside each of those it's a process and I think that's what I want mums to see is that it appears to be insurmountable and just way too hard so where do you begin you don't begin you just give up I just want them to say it's yeah. actually a really straightforward process there's a beginning there's an end and you just got to work your way through it and there are different kind of mini obstacles along the way but most of that stuff is self-awareness yeah. it's stuff around understanding about why they are thinking the things about themselves that they do yeah you know, what what are they these things that they think are obstacles more often than not it's actually just logistics let's just work through the actual logistics of the problem um so it's more stuff that's going on inside their head but those are the three main things yeah and there's never like a there's um I don't think there's a, you know, I, I should, I think can't should be taken out of the dictionary because there is no uh, such word as can't. It's just that you need to think of a different way of solving the problem as such. Um, and it might absolutely. be um, that, you know, if you want to go back to school, that's fine. There's lots of things in the government that actually are able to fund you and things like that. So if you don't have the money, yeah. maybe there's areas that you can look at there or sponsorship or, you know, maybe mm. if you want to get into a certain role and you know that's your role you want to get into, but you don't have the qualification, maybe then you can go in at a lower level and that company can train you. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, it depends mm. what people want to do. So, mm. yeah, look, um, yeah. 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 And that and that really falls into that whole research thing when you start to think about what yeah. it is. Okay, well, I, I wanted to do this, but I actually want to change direction, go down that way. I'm really keen about this. What is what are the skill sets that I'm going to need to be able to do this? So you research that. And I don't know if you're familiar with a website called um Udemy. Have you come across Udemy? Oh no. No, it's a pla it's a platform, yeah. so it's enormous. There is not a course on the most obscure of topics that you won't find on that platform. Oh, is that, is that U-D-E-M-Y? E-M-Y. Yes, I have. Yep. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they are amazing. Like if you think, okay, well, I haven't actually used yeah. a laptop for 12 years in an office setting, what do I need to learn? Oh, Udemy will have a course for it. And they start at like 15 bucks a course. Like yeah. they're so cheap. I mean, yes, there are more expensive ones, but there is so much there that you think, okay, well, if my plan is to go back in nine months' time or 12 months' time, what are the key skills that I think I'm going to need? What do I need to do each month? How am I just going to build it up? So that was interesting that you say that because if you have been out of the workforce for a few, few years, mm -hmm. like how much time do you give yourself to get it to, to, to go through this process? Because, like, some people go, right, I'm going to go back when my child mm -hmm. is a year old, say, for example, say, or two or three, but they maybe don't start doing the work up front and that child then becomes, you know, or that child then goes to school and then they go, oh, awesome, now I'll get a job. 
like nine times out of ten, it doesn't work that way. You don't get a job straight away. And also you might yeah. then get a job that you don't really want to do. And you look at it and go, oh, that happens all the time. Why have I gone back to work? Why did I do this? And we're a long time working now, right? Like we spend more time working and sleeping than we do anything else. So why do something that you don't like? So that's exactly right. So how long do you think somebody should give from like, so say they say they would say, okay, my child's going to be going to school when they're five. So when should I start? think and consider and work up to what I need to do when they it's entirely dependent on the woman and what she what expectations she has around herself and the expectations that she has around her family because all of that is negotiable able to be Mm. negotiated so okay let's say that I'd love to go back to work in three months Okay, let's work on three months. What are all the things that we need to do to make sure? And do you want to go back full-time, part-time or casual? Let's work out that as well. I want to go back part-time. Okay, so if you're going to go back part-time, what has to happen at home without you being there? How are you going to manage? You know, I don't talk about work-life balance. I talk about work-life integration. How are we going to integrate it so it's going to smoothly flow? Um, And other women say, well, my kids, it's going to take me six months to be able to get them to make their own lunches, get their own breakfast organised and learn how to take the bus to school, depending on their age, of course. Um, And other kids might, other mums might say, well, you know, my kid um, is starting high school next year. uh, And so I think that's going to be the perfect transition time. So I'm going to give myself 12 months to go back. Okay, so that way we only get to spend a little bit of time each week because you've got a whole year. Yeah. You know, it's entirely up to the woman, but it's about being aware of these expectations that you're placing upon yourself and yeah. are they realistic? Yeah, and I think the more you start, the earlier you start to think about it and the more you think about it, um, not necessarily sitting and applying for jobs, but thinking about what you want to do, your values, what you like doing. And, you know, sometimes it's sitting there and you might have half an hour where you're like, God knows, being a single parent where you get half an hour. But <laughs> it might be that you've like put the children to bed and you sit down and you go, right. And just having that thought in your head and going, OK, so what? What, what do I value? And even having a piece of paper and writing it down and then just letting it sit for a couple of weeks, yep. your brain percolates all of these things because you've put the thought in there. It then starts to figure out and work out and filter out all of those things so that you get to where you need to go as such. Mm-hmm. Um it's almost like, um, I can't think of the word at the moment, but it's almost like when they say, if you put a thought in there, like I want to run my own business and it looks like this, that your brain navigates and works out and fires the neurons in the right places to enable you to do what you want to do in the end. So, yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, no, completely. But, yeah, I just wondered whether you would say, Oh, give it a year. You need it all, all six months. Or- oh, no, not at all. So the course that um, my mums go through, the, the Back to Work Roadmap, um, that's a mm-hmm. six-week program and I don't and I never guarantee yeah. a job at no. the end. Of it. That's, that's not what this is about, about teaching them how to get a job. But that's a six-weeks program. But I, I say if you go through that program and you do all of the interviews and all the conversations and all the things that you need to do, 
three months is pretty yeah. fast. But I would yeah. think three to six months is yeah. probably more likely because each time you have a conversation with someone, it slightly alters your thinking. And so then you're going to have another conversation and then you think about it slightly differently again and you might move in a different direction again. And it yeah. takes time. Like you don't want to have 25 interviews in one week so that you can tick the box that you've done 25 interviews. It's like you want to be able, as you say, percolate it. You want to be able to think about it and reflect on it and how do I feel about that and is that something that I really want to do or is that an industry that I'm really comfortable with or you need time. You need time to be able to think but about it. But then would you say set yourself, would, would you recommend setting goals though? So say once you've fixed on, well, I want to do, I don't know, this is just cut in my head and I don't know why. Dressmaking, right? I don't know why that came <laughs> in my head. But anyway, never been good at dressmaking. But anyway, so dressmaking, right? So I'm so would you then recommend mm. like setting a goal to say, right, I'm gonna to speak to three people this week about such do you know what I'm absolutely try and push yourself forward? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's so easy for time to pass. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why it's about that what's realistic. Mm. You know, what expectations are you going to set yourself and is it realistic? And if you've got three kids under five and you think, mm. right, I'm going to be back to work in three months, yeah. I'd have a conversation <laughs> yeah. with you about what's realistic and what's not because I'm thinking it's probably not. But if you are actually really ready, if you have the time, then, yeah, when we work together, we map out a plan, and particularly as we go through the course and then, you know, I keep you accountable. Okay, how many people did you speak to mm. in this last fortnight? What did you get from it? What did you learn from it? What are you looking for in your next conversations? Yeah. So at the end of the next fortnight, how many did you have this week? What was, you know, what did you set for yourself? Did it work? Was that realistic? Was it too many? Was it too few? Could you do more? You yeah. know, it's a constant process of where am I at, where am I going what's working what's not which is awesome because having somebody there to actually challenge is really good or having somebody so whether it's yourself or maybe it is somebody else that's in your network as such mm. as a single mom maybe it's your one of your friends say hey can I'm going to do three can you just check on me at the end of the week to just accountability yeah. partners yeah yeah exactly really important because yeah. I, because that was another question I was going to have for you like I know and I've been through a growth experience um, over the last couple of years because I set up and um, are doing my own skincare and various different other things. And then I sort of went down that avenue and that was okay, but there's a lot of people doing it. And then I came to do this, but my voice in my head was going, nobody's going to listen to your podcast and nobody may, but like nobody's going to listen to your podcast or you don't know what you're doing. And I had this little voice in my head going, what are you doing? Has, have you got any tips or anything to help people fight that little voice in their head? Mm. Because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that little voice. Uh, so uh, we, uh, I don't know if you're going to go back and chop this out, but we call this that the, Itty bitty shitty committee. Oh no, I'm happy to keep itty bitty shitty committee in because, like, honestly, yeah. some of the interviews I've done be a lot worse <laughs> than itty bitty shitty. <laughs> so that little voice inside your head, um, it will never go away. No. Actually, it might say different things, but it will never go away. And the thing to remember is that it's it is there because it thinks it's protecting you. Yeah, it's protecting you from. 
um, embarrassment, shame, humiliation, which ultimately leads to rejection, rejection yes. and abandonment. And as human beings, if it's one thing that we avoid more than anything else, it's the fear of rejection. Mm. Because, you know, when you think about it biologically, that being rejected from the tribe or from the group, oh. the lack of acceptance would mean certain death. So we are always trying to um, get acceptance. Yeah. Um, and so our internal voice is always on the lookout for saying, sure, that's the right thing to do. I wouldn't want you to embarrass yourself because that would be really bad. Exactly So right. you've just got to be able to hear it for what it is and say, I hear you, but I'm actually not going to pay attention to you yeah. because I feel really passionate about this and I know the value that it's going to add, that it has the potential to even change one person's life. It's worth it. Sounds like you've been sitting in my head. <laughs> like thing in my head this is what I've had to keep doing I've had to keep going no I'm not listening to you I'm just going to go forward and we're going to do this and if it all falls apart that's okay it's that's fine it. if I've that's helped it. one person or if mm-hmm. I find in six months time if you were looking at this from a job perspective and you say in six months time if I find that I don't want to do that job I want to do this job or I haven't wasted all that time and training and qualifications and money going down that avenue when I don't want to. No. So, yeah. Yeah. And the, the one of the exercises that I get all my clients to do is to write down their fears. What mm. is it that they are really frightened of? In those circumstances, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? Yeah. And the worst thing that could possibly happen is that in, you know, six months, 12 months, you think, I loved doing that podcast, but actually I'm going to take it into a different direction and I'm going to start a TV show. Exactly. You've learned oh my so God. much in that whole, <laughs> you've learned so much in that podcast experience. Yeah. It hasn't been a waste of time. You've loved it. You've got the personal yeah. growth. You've met all these interesting people. It's been amazing. What's the worst thing that could happen is not that bad. No, exactly. It, more often than not, it's not bad. And to tell you the truth, it's the fear of not doing something. So it's actually, you know, to not do it is actually worse than to just to get on and do it and see what happens. Yeah. Um, and funny you should say about fear setting, there's a, and I'll, I'll add the link uh, on the um, podcast blurb, uh, but Tim Ferriss does a very good um, piece on YouTube about uh, fear setting and he does, um, he sets, he calls, well, it's fear setting goals or whatever they are I don't know it's it's Monday I'm doing this interview on a Monday afternoon and my brain's not working but no so um yeah I'll put the link in there because it's very very good and it gets Mm. you thinking around what your fear is and then he goes well what happens in six months time in a year's time and like nine times out of ten what you fear doesn't actually materialise anyway. So. Oh, no, no, it absolutely, it absolutely yeah. does not. In fact, we have this expression, um, action cures fear. Yes. If you actually do the thing that you're most frightened of, that fear is dead, like yeah. it's gone. Yeah. yeah. And if you think back to something that you were scared of like a year ago or five years ago or whatever, and then you think about it now and you go, what was I afraid of even worried about hello so yeah no that's fair so okay so thanks for all of that because that's all that's really awesome uh information and uh hopefully that just helps people to find a little bit of direction if they're thinking about going back to work if they're bored in the job that they're in um or, or needing you know just a new direction I don't know what it is we're getting to 40 but yeah I agree you get to 40 and you go really is that it so yeah is this as good as it gets yeah, yeah. and there's another 25 years to, or whatever it's 30 years or whatever to when I retire so yeah no that's fair so look thank you thank you for all of that information today what I, so I asked this 
of all my interviewees, if you were to have a superpower, Hmm. what superpower would you want? Well, it might be very common, but I just love to be able to fly. Oh, there's a few people who've said that teleporter we had the other day, but we've had flying as well. You know, for me, Mm. it would be the flying. I I would love to be like a bird. I mean, I I am the most, um, which is ironic, I suppose, but I I avoid anything where I might get frightened (laughs) when it comes to, like, adventurous stuff. Like, I am such a chicken. Like, I just, I avoid all all sorts of reasons, but I just don't like it. So to be a bird and to be able to fly and know that I'm not going to crash and die, but, you know, I think would be amazing yeah. and exhilarating and just to be on the wind and I think it would be beautiful. I'd you wouldn't to need to fly. climb Everest, would you? You could just fly up there. Oh, no, because I won't yeah. be doing that. I won't no, be climbing no. Everest. Well, no, neither would I. But I'm just thinking you could just fly up there. You could fly into yeah. space. You'd be superhuman. Almost, yeah. You'd be superhuman. You could fly to the moon. Mm. Isn't that what Superman does? He can fly. Yeah. He can fly around the earth. Uh-huh. Doesn't he fly around the earth to get it to yes, spin he does. the other way? See? Yes, he gets really yeah. angry. Nice yeah, man. God love him. Um, oh, aggression. Um, so, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, look, I must admit, flying for me, because, like, my parents are in the UK, so um, mm. just to not sit on a plane with everyone else and have to wear oh, a mask yeah. and do the COVID oh, yeah. stuff. And, um, oh, if I could fly like Superman, I'd be there in an hour. Mm. Imagine that. Could fly over for the weekend and then fly, fly back. back. No jet lag. Happy days. <laughs> no, that would be awesome. But yeah, I could get what I miss, like my um, oh, what is it? Shredded wheat and bits and pieces like that that you guys don't really have. And like, yeah, you wouldn't no. know what. <laughs> <laughs> or me knickknacks. They have knickknacks over there that are scampy flavoured. Don't even go there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, that's a whole different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no. Okay, brilliant. No, thank you for that. Look, uh, what if our listeners want to get in touch with you and talk to you about anything that we discussed on here or they'd like to actually go on your six-week course, um, how do they get in contact with you? Where can they get in contact with you? Find me. So, um, well, my email is diana, D-I-A-N-A, at back to work back to work roadmap.com mm-hmm. and it's the same as the website www.backtoworkroadmap.com uh instagram is back to work dot coach mm-hmm. and i'm on facebook yeah back to work roadmap well. for mothers yeah, yeah. so yeah. same name again and there's a private group there that you can join up and that's where i post every day you know, inspirational, motivational, cool. practical, pragmatic things to actually do. Yeah, yeah. So if people didn't want to actually get involved with your program, they, you're still you're posting so much good information yeah. out there that they could actually um, get involved with um, yeah. and go from there. No, that would be awesome. Look, I'll post everything on the YouTube channel and also on the other um, podcast blurb that we've got as well. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, thank you, thank you for today. It's been great talking to you again. Oh, you're welcome, Claire. A real pleasure. Yeah, no, it's been great. And hopefully we'll have some single parents who will be doing what they love instead of what they have to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So important. It's in one life. Let's make it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. Okay, well, you have a good week and I'll speak to you later. Thanks. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Claire. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 
Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. Have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.